0: Welcome to the Armour Men's Health Show with Dr. Mystery and Donna Lee. Hello, and welcome to the Armour Men's Health Show. This is Dr. Mystery, your host, board certified urologist, and uh, semi professional uh, TV personality. Mm-hmm, no. <laughs> Radio personality? Maybe. Some type of personality. <laughs> I'm joined by my by my co-host Donna Lee.
1: Hello, thanks for listening in, everybody. business
0: manager, professional comedian, and uh, really the heart and soul of this show. And so, all complaints should be sent to Donna.
1: That's right. All the complaints are usually about you. Yes, they are. But okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this show is brought to you by NAU Urology Specialists, the urology specialty group that I started in 2007. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donna, why do tell people how to become patients of ours and how to get a hold of us? That's
1: right. You can call us during the week at 512-238-0762. You can even ask for me if you'd like. Our website is armormenshealth.com where you can see our shiny smiling faces there. You can also submit a question that we'll answer anonymously to armormenshealth.com. We, our podcasts are wherever you listen to free podcasts. You know, we've had over 122,000 downloads in the short time we've had the podcast.
0: Only three years.
1: Uh-huh. Almost three years. So that's a lot of dang downloads. That's a lot of
0: downloads. So... Well, we're really happy to have our listeners on board, and you are not going to want to miss this episode. Mm-hmm. We are breaking new ground today, Donna. Oh, I know. You know, this is, this is the very first time okay. that I've ever had a urologist that practices within stones-throwing distance here that was not part of my practice.
1: It's our new nemesis, friendly nemesis? Is <laughs> that what you're saying? It, it's
0: almost like I'm growing as a man.
1: <laughs> oh, as a human?
0: I'm growing as a man. It's like, it's like when you allow your wife's ex-husband to come <laughs> to Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, I see. That's kind of... The Energy here. See. You see so what I'm saying? This yeah. group, yeah. though,
1: that our special guest is from is the what we always reference when we say we're the second largest group. That's in correct. Town. So they're
0: from the largest group. This I, I have Dr. Brian Kansas with us today. Welcome. Brian, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Hey, Sonny, thanks so much for having me. And Donna, great meeting you. Nice We've been emailing and texting and whatnot. Uh, yeah, I never thought about that. But yeah, you are the second biggest group in Austin. <laughs> Oh, thank you for not thinking about it, but you won't forget it now, baby. <laughs> but I think I think about you all the time. That's though. right. The second Espe- biggest. Es- especially as we uh, linger in the uh, Seton Northwest Doctor's Lounge waiting around for stuff, and that's we're playing jokes on each other. So oh, funny. that's always fun.
0: So, Brian, um, you know, uh, you probably have the second best sense of humor for any urologist in this room. And so uh, I I thought that you would be a fascinating uh, person to have on the show uh, because you really exhibit a lot of the characteristics that make me uh, love being a urologist. You're uh, very lighthearted. You're an excellent surgeon and uh, someone who I have uh, tremendous respect for. So uh, thank you so much for
2: joining us today. My pleasure, Sonny. And yeah, I would actually say behind you, I'm the second funniest urologist possibly in the world. So yeah, there you go. He fits
1: right in
0: already. What I wanted to talk to you about today was um, about males, men, and kind of their own opinion of the size of their genitals. Because I feel like it's something that we hear about as urologists, and then not all of us take seriously as a complaint and not seriously have taken a lot of efforts in kind of uh, addressing. So uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about is what do you think some of the most common complaints that you hear from men about their genitals?
2: Well, you know, the obvious ones are function. You know, that's the one that you hear the most. Um, It's cosmetic sometimes, different uh, uh, issues with the skin, different issues with curvature, um, so we're talking about erectile dysfunction and Peyronie's disease. Those are the common ones. But the one that we also as urologists see quite frequently is uh, size complaints. Um, we have been able to address erectile dysfunction and Peyronie's for many, many years. Um, there's different therapies for all of those things. As far as ED is concerned, we have the old go-tos like Viagra and Cialis, etc., vacuum pumps, um, injectable therapy even shockwave therapy now which i think both of our practices offer uh and of course penile implants and penile implants
0: the uh, especially the three-piece inflatable penile prosthesis is something that you've done
2: literally thousands of, right? Uh, yeah, I've done about 1,400 at this point in my career, um, going back and adding them all up. And so that's a pretty common procedure. And, and it was
0: invented where?
2: In Houston. At
0: where? Oh, boy. I
2: believe it was where you did your residency. Oh, Baylor was it was at Baylor. 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 <laughs> institution. That's
0: weird that I somehow can bring it into uh, every conversation. It is weird. That's it weird, always, a, it it is always it comes is. back to you Baylor, know, being, Houston. Yeah, yeah, being being invented at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, it's it's uh, you should be really proud that my forefathers allowed you to have
2: such an amazing <laughs> career. Brand. I am. I am glad to – I'm actually glad to tell people that the, the man who invented that was from Texas. That's right. uh, so that's good. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. It's unfortunate. Things are bigger, Things in, are bigger in Texas. In Texas. <laughs> Texas. That's so, right. Yeah. So these three-piece
0: penile prostheses are machines that we install into the human body. There's not a lot of machines that we've been installing into the human body for 25, 30 years. Is
2: that right? No. I mean, it's, it's, it's on the level of, you know, pacemakers and, you know, bla- bladder stimulators. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I think if you talk to most men, they would say more it's far more, more important. More, um, yeah. Would you rather your heart or your wiener work? It's and the
0: only reason that the heart exists is to
2: pump <laughs> to blood, pump to, blood to the wiener.
0: <laughs> so, so, so when it comes to uh, your experience with implants and prosthetics, this is something that not all urologists are necessarily comfortable
2: with, right? Uh, no, I mean, I think that the the more of them that uh, a urologist does, the more comfortable they become, and uh, being able to, you know, in my practice doing somewhere in the 80 to 120 a year uh, range, it makes me super, super comfortable with them, so there are some of us that consider ourselves to be what are called prosthetic urologists, and that includes things like uh, penile implants and artificial urinary sphincters for male incontinence, um, and that leads you down the pathway. When you do this, that you end up seeing a lot of Peyronie's disease, and so you become very comfortable with repairing per- Peyronie's disease surgically and even non-surgically. So, when it comes to like a, a, a man's own like willingness
0: to show you and uh, describe issues that he has with his penis, uh, we also get to that issue of both length and girth. Uh, what are some of the common concerns and complaints that you hear? How do men kind of approach you?
2: Well, you know, when we do an consult for a penile implant, they have to realize that, you know, the girth is not going to be exactly the same. The length is not going to be exactly the same. However, when we have patients that come in that have perfectly normal erectile function, but they're concerned about the size of their penis, that is when we have specifically a length and girth discussion. as far as length and girth goes, there's really not a great procedure to increase the length. We have patients ask us all the time about you know, cutting the suspensory ligament, which uh, sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. The downside of the suspensory ligament uh, release is that often it will scar and it will actually retract the penis and it will do the exact opposite. Um, in addition, if it does work that suspensory ligament is responsible for the erect penis actually going up. So when we have a successful suspensory ligament release, the erection erection actually points down. That's right. And so uh, we have to describe that to them. When you're lying on your back, you have to kind of use your hand to kind of.
0: Bring it back up. I mean, allegedly. Uh, yes, to, to, yes. To, yeah. to, to, well, to I mean, yours—yours was instant. a very
2: successful release. <laughs> and besides that, though, yours was so big it hung down anyway, it was right? So weird, they right? It was so beat the so weird. Don't do um, the monster. So uh, anyway, so I—I I actually don't offer ligament release, and I—I I often talk patients out of ligament release. Um, uh, when when they do ask me about it. So that brings us to other uh, So we don't have a really great way of making it longer
0: except for weight loss which I cannot I cannot underemphasize and you also do the eschutectomy, which is the buried penis release where you can kind of Take away some of the fat at the base of the penis, all to give at least the visual appearance of length. But you're not necessarily "quote unquote" making it longer.
2: No, you're you're correct. And oftentimes, I will actually see a patient either for my penis. You know, the consult is for my penis is is shorter, or um, my I you know I can't even see my penis. Um, what can I do? Um, and. I'll do the consult and I'll examine them and they walk out and the plan is just simply weight loss. And I tell patients all the time, every 25 pounds you lose, you're going to pick up a half an inch of penis. And it's true. You can actually press on their suprapubic fat pad and it sticks out an inch, inch and a half, two inches. And so it's interesting that men sometimes are not motivated to lose weight until they're told, <laughs> hey, your wiener can be bigger. And so they actually will go and they'll do that uh, for some well, guys. You
0: just hire a woman that's very attractive in the office that looks at everybody's penis and says, "You know what? You should lose twenty five pounds." Oh, Lord. I
2: vote. I vote that Donna does those. Oh, oh boy, Donna! I'm in <laughs> second job. Saving awesome. job.
1: Saving penises one by one. That's and, right. Uh,
0: and those men that come to you and, and describe kind of a uh, an inferior girth and inferior length. Would you say that most of them probably have normal-sized penises?
2: Yeah, actually, the the vast majority of the consults that I see for any type of size enhancement, they have average-sized penises. Absolutely, their length is between four and a half and five and a half uh, inches erect, and their girth is somewhere between three and a half and four and a half uh, circumferentially inches. Huh.
0: But nobody wants to be average. So we're going to talk about um, <laughs> procedures that you perform that I do not perform, which is why my ego will allow you to be on this show. Uh, that, uh, You're very That you honest. do for uh, for penile girth. And so we'll be right back. But just before we leave, how do people get a hold of you? What is your website and your phone number?
2: So our website is urologyaustin.com, and our phone number is 512 512- 231-1444. And that's Dr. Brian Kansas, and
0: we're going to be right back after this small break. Hello, and welcome back to the Armour Men's Health Show. This is Dr. Mystery, your host, board-certified urologist. This is a men's health program brought to you by NAU Urology Specialist, the practice I started in 2007 to bring you holistic urologic care. I'm joined by my business manager and friend and co-host, Donnelly.
1: That's right. Hello. Welcome to the show. I um, was just talking about the dirty TikToks that we have.
0: Very nice, <laughs> But you do not get paid for on my dime, Apparently so not. your tax dollars are not going for her TikTok.
1: <laughs> I'm Dr. Donna, by the way.
0: You're not Dr. Donna. Donna, how do people get a hold of us? How do they become a patient
1: of ours? You can call us during the week at 512 762 You can even ask for me if you'd like. Our website is armormenshealth.com. You can submit your questions there. We'll answer them anonymously, and we just thrive on those questions, so thank you ahead of time for sending them. And we're located in Round Rock, North Austin, South Austin, and Dripping Springs. We, they, they love dripping, and we're trying to out. Fix that. Don't know why they keep promoting that. It's typically fixable. Yeah, right? We need to teach the people of Dripping Springs to not be dripping.
0: No be dripping. So um, we are joined again by a wonderful guest host, uh, Dr. Brian Kansas with Urology Austin. Brian, thank you for joining us today. Thanks again for having me, Sonny. Whenever I look at you, I think about small penis. So uh, (laughs) I think that it's uh, just an excellent idea that that you would join us today. I'm sure that you've uh, heard that from most of the women you've been with. I thought that we could talk a little bit about, um, about male enhancement. It's something that we've brought up a lot on this show because I think a lot of men are embarrassed to bring it up even when it causes them significant distress. So I thought what we'd start with is what are some of the men that you think that suffer unnecessarily in silence
2: when they're not happy with how they look or how they feel about their genital size? Well, first of all, I think that uh, judging by the cars that you and I drive, I think we both probably have small wieners. Um, but <laughs> thank that's you for fine. getting him back, Doctor. Not Kansas. a problem. Good job. <laughs> um, so anyway, the the guys that we see, you know, again, like we talked about in the first segment, you know, most of the guys that we see uh, are average. Uh, there's uh, the the implant that I use is called a Panuma implant. Um, there are several things that uh, can be done for size enhancement, mostly girth enhancement, and there are fat injections, fat flaps, uh, injections of hyaluronic. Acid. Acid, and there are some other injections. Most of the time, the fat injections and the fat flaps, really, it's it's near impossible to make them look uh, smooth. Uh, they the, look real bumpy, right? They look very bumpy and lumpy. Um, the hyaluronic acid and the other types of injections, um, in the hands of somebody who's technically very skilled at that, they actually can uh, look pretty good. Uh, so those, I've seen some of those, and they actually look pretty nice. But it's a little few and far between. I believe that there that uh, someone you work with does some injections, and I've seen some of those, and they look they actually look very very nice. The downside of um, some some of the injectable stuff is that they're not uh, a permanent solution. Whereas Panuma is more of a permanent solution. It's more of a one and done. Um, the Panuma implant is a soft silicone implant, and the way that this is done. Is we make a small uh, incision in the side of the scrotum and then we flip the penis inside out, degloving it from the inside. I ask the patients, please don't watch the video because it's rather terrifying. Yes, oh, you oh don't want God. to
0: watch that video. Trust me, it's like oh. seeing the. Uh, is that like skinning
1: a cat? Uh, it's like it's,
0: it's <laughs> like seeing it's like <laughs> yes. seeing a cat skinned and then re then then
2: re unskinned. Oh, oh my God, it, my titty hurts and
1: I don't have a titty. exactly. So,
2: and then what we do is we take the implant and we edge it up as close to the head as we can. We sew it in distally. We custom trim the back of it to make it to the size of the penis, what we end up seeing is we end up seeing about an inch and a half to two extra inches of flaccid length. We see about an inch and a quarter to an inch and a half more flaccid and erect girth. We typically tell patients that the erect length stays about the same. There's a small percentage, maybe about 10 to 15% or so, that will see some length enhancement over the course of a year. Uh, there's a very small percentage, about 2 or 3% of people, that will lose a little bit of length, but we do all kinds of things to prevent that. So wait, 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 wait. You're telling me that there's a surgery where we can implant
0: essentially a silicone penis implant? Is that right, Brian?
2: It's a breast implant, but for the wiener. Oh. I mean, this is and spectacular. Shaped, shaped differently. It's shaped differently.
0: <laughs> shaped like and a wiener. It's shaped like a wiener. It, is, it <laughs> takes all the scientific knowledge that we have gained from making women's breasts bigger to make our penis bigger. And I think that's spectacular because it's almost like all surgeries are for us.
1: Wow! Well, at least it wasn't shaped like a breast What do you for think the winger. That would are, look bad. Mm.
0: What do you think are some of the 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 things that 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 kind of limit the medical profession in general adopting this type of kind of scientific and surgical pursuit?
2: Well, any time a new surgery comes out, there are hardships. Um, when people started putting breast implants in, that was difficult. When Dr. Uh, Scott in Houston came out with a penile implant, that was terrifying experience and very difficult, and there were a lot of naysayers. You know, Dr. Jim Ellis invented this. He lives out in Los Angeles. He's been putting them in for about 15 years. He started training other surgeons only about four or five years ago. I've been doing this for about two and a half years, Um, at this point. Uh, So there's a lot of naysayers. So when we go to Sexual Medicine Society meetings, there's a lot of pushback. But as we expand and there are more and more surgeons that are doing that, the plan is to Right now, there's 11 surgeons, I believe, that do these around the country.
1: What is their uh, argument, the opposition? What are, what are um, saying?
2: The the potential downsides, you know, if these get infected or if they scar, they retract or potentially cause ED, although the ED rates are incredibly low, um, the sensitivity loss rates are incredibly low as well. So it's it's the potential side effects. So the potential side effects of breast implants with infection or capsular contraction, those are the things that were dealt with years and years years ago. Same thing with penile implants. The infection rates were incredibly high in the beginning, uh, but now infection rates for penile implants are in the neighborhood of 1% or so. Infection rates for pneuma are low. It's about a percent and a half.
0: I think that there's a bigger kind of uh, reticence to do anything that helps men feel and look better because it's not considered necessarily life-threatening. And in some degree, I think people think that it's predominantly psychological thing that that, that men's penises are small. But I think that, you know, the argument when it comes to women's plastic surgery and things of that nature, I think we've gotten past that. How people want to feel about themselves is more important than necessarily what society thinks you should think is important.
2: No, I, I agree with that 100%. And now, though, that there are several hundred thousand boob jobs done a year in the United States. And in fact, a lot of girls get boob jobs for their 16th birthdays. Um, So why can't a man have the same thing?
0: And so, you know, to make yourself feel better about yourself, to make yourself feel better about how you look when you're naked, how to make yourself feel uh, more sexually kind of appetizing or appealing to others. I think these are, you know, things that a man has to kind of explore on their own. And so I think that's a lot about the, you know, speaks to the reticence of people kind of pursuing this. So... So essentially, somebody's going to come to
2: you and want a consultation. Who would not be a candidate for a panuma? So I'll, I'll I'll kind of backtrack a little bit. The screening process for a panuma there's an initial uh, soft psychological evaluation, and then potentially a, 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 a meeting with a psychologist as well to make sure that people are mentally prepared for this. The screening yeah. that goes on for panuma is actually far more intense than the screening for any female cosmetic procedure. In certainly in most people's opinions. Okay. So basically the only, uh, we have to have a circumcised penis. So patients, uh, if they're uncircumcised, uh, they have to get circumcised first. And we certainly can do that. Um, The downside to the uncircumcised penis is the skin does not roll back over the much larger girth. And so it just doesn't look quite good. Dr. Ellis did some early, early on, and they just did not come out good. So if they Um, want a penuma, they may have to have a circumcision. They may have to have a circumcision. And then we also, as far as other enhancements that have been done, if somebody's had fat grafts or if they've had hyaluronic acid or other injections, uh, we used to tell people that that was an absolute exclusion criteria. Uh, we we take them on a case by case basis at this point. Um, we would t- like to
0: have virginal tissue plans when you put it in.
2: Exactly. And we tell patients that look, the dissection may be really hairy. We may get through the skin. We may have to stop. But by exam, we can see and feel whether or not they would be a candidate. How long does the surgery take? They take about 45 to 60 minutes. Not a lot. And then afterwards, uh, well, what's the recovery like before you can actually use it or take it out for a spin? So I take. <laughs> I tell patients that uh, we do these, uh, I do them on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Uh, I leave a wrap on the penis and scrotum. Uh, They can take, in my practice, they can take that off the next day and take a shower. I leave a bulb suction JP drain for two nights. I take the drain out. They use a product called EuroWrap, which is a compressive dressing. It's like a sleeve that goes over the uh, penis. It's like pulling a sock up over your calf. Nice. We do that. I'm actually wearing one right now, Sonny. (laughs) Um, And uh, (laughs) can't you tell? And uh, <laughs> we do that for about six or seven weeks, and then I follow up with them at seven weeks, and I clear them for uh, sex. I tell them for about the first four months, the capsule has not completely formed around the implant, and so it potentially could shift. So they should use a little bit of lube, have gentle, what I refer to as gentle married people sex. <laughs> and then I tell them— <laughs> just In Don's
0: case, that's, not, that, that's just watching television. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Do we live in the same house, son? <laughs> um— and uh, <laughs> then I tell them uh, at six months, Vegas sex is perfectly legal. Vegas so they can just do whatever they want. Wow. That's
1: oh crazy. God. I know my foreplay at the house is hurry <laughs> yes. up. and I got things to
2: do. <laughs> hurry! I got things to do.
0: This is an out of pocket procedure. About how much do you charge for it?
2: So this is, yeah, it is out of pocket. I charge a total of $16,000, uh, which covers anesthesia, the surgery center, the implant itself, and then my surgeon's fee.
0: Well, uh, Brian, this is truly revolutionary in terms of just kind of the idea of introducing implants in for penile growth. I really can't thank you enough for introducing our listeners to it. I'd love to have you back sometime to talk more about it as your experience kind of gets better and you have more to share with our patients. How
2: do people get a hold of you if they're interested in a PNUMA consult? yeah, it's Dr. Brian Kansas with Urology Austin at urologyaustin.com and our number is 512-231-1444. Brian, we can't thank you enough for joining us. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Sonny. This was great. The Armor Men's Health Show is brought to
0: you by NAU Urology. Specialists. For questions or to schedule an appointment, please call 512-238-0762 or online at armormenshealth.com.